Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church Podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Brother, that he would divide the inheritance with me. And he said to him, don't that sound, don't that sound so childish? Master, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. It's like the kids coming and saying, Mom, let Dad, tell, tell her to let me have my dress, my shirt. Dad, speak to my brother that he may divide the inheritance with me, verse 14. And he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said to him, Take heed and beware of covetousness. Beware of covetousness. Watch this. For a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. For a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. And then Jesus spake a parable to him and he said, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruit. And he said, ah, this will I do. I will pull down my barns, and I'll build greater barns. And there will I bestow all my fruit and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have much goods laid up and many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this night your soul shall be required of you. Then who shall those things be which you've provided? So is he that lays not up treasure for himself. So is he that lays up treasure for himself but is not rich toward God. Look at verse 16 again. Then he spake a parable to him saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruit. He said, this will I do. I'll pull down my barns. I'll build greater barns. And there I'll bestow all my fruit and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, soul, now you have much goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you don't understand that this night your soul will be required of you. Then who shall, be, then shall who those things be which you've provided? So is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Amen. 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 There we go. I can predict, you know, some, some sermons, some sermons uh, you can prepare over the course of a week or two weeks. Other sermons, they, they, uh, they form in you over years. This is not one of those messages that I formed three days ago. This is one of those messages that have formed in me over the years. Now, I can predict to you with precision and accuracy. Hang in here with me. I can predict to you with acute precision and accuracy. Let me, let me say this. How many of you in here, you got iPhones? Wave at me. Of course. How many of you have some other inferior electronic device? Wave at me. Joey? Okay. You don't have a smartphone. You got a dumb phone. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. You got an iPhone, right? Wave your hand at me again. Wave your hand at me. There's no condemnation of those that are being Christ Jesus. Wave at me. I can predict with 100% accuracy when your phone will stop working. It's working great right now. But I can tell you with 100% accuracy when that iPhone will quit working. 
it will quit working the moment they come out with a new one. Right? I hear it all the time. Phones serving you well. See a new commercial for the new phone. All of a sudden, this thing will not text right, and I can't get my email, and it's dropped a phone call. Forget the fact that you drove in the middle of nowhere. It dropped the phone call. I'm going to have to go get that other one. Am I right? It doesn't matter what phone you have. If you got the, I've got the iPhone 10. I've got the iPhone 10. It's like the newest one, and I know when it will quit working. When they release the 10S, right? Because on the 10S, the screen is going to be 0.0025 millimeters bigger than the screen I've got now. How am I supposed to function with a screen that's 0.00025 millimeters than what's available? Am I right about it? Yes, I'm right about it. I know when it'll quit working. They, when they release that 10S, this phone has a 10 megapixel camera. Neither you nor I knows what that means at all. It has a 10 megapixel camera. But when they release that new one, it's going to have a 10.2 megapixel camera. How am I supposed to capture all of these memories I'm making with my children holding this dinosaur in my hand? I know exactly when it will die on you, when they release a new one. Here's the lesson I want to teach you. There's always an upgrade. You can always upgrade in jobs. You can always upgrade in houses. You can always upgrade in how much money you make. You can always upgrade in your phone. You can always upgrade in your car. Some of you think you can upgrade in your spouse. Right? There's always this upgrade. There's always this constant, insatiable desire for more, for more, for more. See, I, I think I view this a little bit differently because I was raised by my great grandmother, who grew up in that Great Depression generation. They they viewed life completely different. They would save paper towels. They would save plastic forks because one day they might need them. Y'all with me this morning? They would tear down a building. Number one, number one, if my great-grandfather needed a building, he just built it because he knew how. I thought about when, when we lived in Alabama, we lived on a farm. I thought about building our chickens. We had about 40 chickens. I thought about building them a, a chicken coop, me. What are y'all laughing at? And then I decided I love those chickens entirely too much to put them inside something that I built. They would be safer braving the wolves, right? But when he would build a building, and if he ever got tired of that building, he would tear it down. He would save the nails. He would, he would save the nails. They're crooked. The heads are beat off of but he would save the nails because I might need them someday. Lived completely different. Lived completely different. Save everything. Save everything. Save everything. Save a magazine. Who's, save a National Geographic magazine whose scientific information was no longer even true but might need it one day. And we live in this generation where there is always this upgrade. There is always a constant reach for more. As a matter of fact, corporations study. Corporations know more about your behavior than you know about your behavior. They know how to create a psychological stress on your mind and they know how to make you think the only way to relieve this stress is go buy that thing. 
constantly reaching for. I've told you before, I am the guy that they make infomercials for. I'm that guy. You, you look at it and you think, what kind of a sucker would buy some from one of these commercials? Me. We have a rule at my house. I'm not allowed to spend money after 7 p.m. Because at 1 a.m. when you can't sleep and you're seeing some knives that can cut up some shoes, you think, I might need those in case I want to cut up my shoes sometime. <laughs> I told you all the story one time. I think I did. It all runs together. We've preached so much this month. It all runs together. I, I was watching TV. I, I stumbled on a, on a P90X commercial. Ten minutes later, I was the proud owner of P90X. Then he's like, do these push-ups and do these pull-ups. Nobody told me about the pull-ups. I'm still the proud owner of the P90X. It's got four inches of dust on the top. There's always, always an upgrade. I, uh, this is, this is the, 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 the nerd part of me, but one of my most favorite things to do, one of my most favorite things to do in the world is go visit the Amish country. Y'all ever done that? Minus the women with the beards. The rest of it is awesome. Okay. <laughs> and so it is what it is. <laughs> the bearded ladies. But, man, they can make some honey. And I love, I love, I love going. I, I remember when I when I first there's one over in in Middle Tennessee that was about an hour from where we used to live in Alabama, and I would go all the time. I would go all the time, and and I would always take the tour. I knew the tour, I knew all the information on the tour. I could give you the tour, but I always took the tour, and I, I started knowing these people by name. Mrs. Schwartzentruber was the first stop. She had 118 grandkids. I didn't make that up. And so we'd go through that, and I was, gri- I was gripped by how content they were. I was, gr- I was overwhelmed. Don't tell them they're missing out because they won't believe you because they're content. Now, Jesus has this man come to him, and he says, Lord, tell my brother to divide the inheritance that belongs to both of them. And Jesus meets him with a warning, and he says, beware of covetousness. Now, I told you last week, envy is the pain you experience over somebody else's success. It is people-directed. Covetousness is the pain you experience over somebody else's stuff. It is things directed. And usually we are acutely aware of how we feel in our heart about other people. But it goes under the radar how we feel about other people's stuff. That's why we will go headlong into debt to buy a car we cannot afford. To impress people at a red light that we do not know. Right? And so it becomes this glorified competition of where we're always trying to keep up with the neighbors. And what you didn't know about the neighbors is the neighbors are broke too. 
The neighbors are in their house fighting over how we're going to pay the bills too. But as long as we can look the part, maybe everybody will think we are that. They call it in Texas, big hat, no cattle. Right? Driving that truck and can't afford to put gas in it. Because of this insatiable struggle, this insatiable fight for more. And you can love people and still covet their stuff. You can love people and there still be this thing on the inside of you that says, I have to have it. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. I'm like that in my, in my own mind. I'm like that. And the reason this is so important to me is because the, the, the reason, the, the way I saw this form in my own life, when, when I didn't grow up, I didn't come from a lot of money by any means. So when me and my wife got married, I already made up my mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust it. I'm going to grind. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to get after it because I'm never going to have her do, live the way that I live. So the moment we get married, we, we have a brand new house, a beautiful renovated house on 26 acres on, 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 on a creek front property. Absolutely beautiful place absolutely beautiful place more than enough room for me and her absolutely beautiful is it's stunning but there was something in me that said it's, it's it's not enough it was about I don't know it was about 1800 square feet plenty for me and her but but uh, there, there's just something that's I'm not really satisfied. Yeah, it meets our needs, but but I'm not really satisfied. So we move out of that house. We move into a bigger house. We move to a, a two-story a two house, five bedrooms, three bathrooms. It was about, oh, about 2,800 square feet. And I was like, yes, this is it. And that lasted for about five minutes. And then there was something in me that said, oh, you know, this isn't it. I'm the kind of guy that when you see a picture of the Biltmore Mansion over in Asheville, I'm like, I need me one of those. I want a house so big you got rooms you don't even go in. You know what I'm saying? That, that's how I was. And so, so, so we're living in, this, in this, this house, and now it's got way more room than we need, but, but it's, it's not enough. And so we moved to a bigger house that's about 3,600 square feet at this point, and, and it's, it's, it's not enough. And then we find our, our dream house dream house that was in the nicest neighborhood in our city and it was about 4,800 square feet with big exposed pine beams. It was absolutely beautiful phenomenal neighborhood and then, I, and then there was still something gnawing in me saying this is not enough and finally I had to come to grips with until I silence that voice on the inside of me nothing will ever be enough and we fall into covetousness when we think the accumulation of things is what will cause our heart to be quiet and be at peace and Jesus said beware of covetousness because your life does not consist in the abundance of the things that you possess there's another scripture that calls covetousness idolatry how is it idolatry? How can that house be an idol? How can that car be an idol? How can that prestige and that prominence in that corner office, in that brand new Mercedes, how can that be an idol? Because it becomes your need meter. So now you're driving around in that new car looking good, looking good. Not understanding the moment you drove it off the lot, you lost $8,000. But boy, you look good. You want me to tell you what car drives the best? Let me tell you what car drives the best. You want me to tell you? The one you ain't got to pay for. Yeah. 
so it becomes idolatrous because it becomes our need meter instead of God being our need meter it becomes the thing that silences all of the discontentment living on the inside of us if you built your dream house today but God doesn't silence God doesn't silence that discontentment you built your dream house today and in six months it won't be enough won't be enough will never be enough because a man's life does not consist of the abundance of the things that he possesses so we so we stay awake at night and we dream about it and we obsess over oh i need it i need that house i need that house i need that car i need that job i need it and here i've, I've said this to you before but i want you to hear this i want you to hear it right if you need it you don't need it if you if you need it if you need that to find peace if you need that to find contentment god will never give you that it's amazing what god can bless you with when you don't need anything that he gives you we have to learn that when god hands us stuff you have to hold it with an open hand because if you ever start to wrap your fingers around it, then that becomes your God. If you ever, come on somebody, if you ever start to wrap your fingers around it, then that becomes the thing that you put your faith and your hope and your dependence in. And if that gets ripped out of my life, my peace gets ripped out, my joy gets ripped out, your entire emotional stability hinges on, do I have that thing? And not only do I have that thing, but does everybody know? That I got that thing. You know what God? You know what would happen in our life if we just got good and set free from comparison? I would call it something else, but it's inappropriate. Huh? You know what would happen if we got good and set free from comparison? Because whenever you compare, that's why Paul said, when we compare ourselves among ourselves, we are not wise. Because whenever you get gripped, am I talking to anybody? Whenever you get gripped by comparison, comparison does one of two things to you. It either reinforces pride or it reinforces insecurity. When you compare yourself to somebody else, it either reinforces pride that makes you say, oh, I'm better off than they are. <laughs> if I know anything about people with money, they don't announce it. Class and money doesn't announce itself. My mother-in-law used to be friends with the CEO of Walmart. Let me repeat that. The CEO of Walmart. And I think they bought their clothes at Walmart. You would never know that they were multi, multi-millionaires. Because they didn't really care what you thought. Because when you got it, you ain't got to tell everybody else that you got it. <laughs> and when you have to tell everybody you got it by what you drive, we really all know you ain't got it. <laughs> they asked Mr. Rockefeller one time, they said, how much money does it take to satisfy man? His response, just a little bit more. All right? Because that's how we think. Man, if, if I could get that raise at work, if I, if, if I could just get a $10,000 a year bump, 
If I could get just a $15,000 a year bump, if I could just get that bump, man, I'd be set. I'd never need another. I'd never need anything else. And what you would do is you would raise your level of consumption to meet that ten, fifteen thousand. dollars If you got a $100,000 bump, when you are gripped by discontentment and when you are gripped by comparison, the more money you get, the more money you, you bury into that black hole of trying to look the part to everybody else. That's why I said beware. Beware of covetousness because don't you think that your life consists in the the abundance of the things that you possess. The world might gauge your success as a human based upon how much stuff you can accumulate, but the kingdom never bases your worth as a human based upon how much stuff you can accumulate. And so we have these, we have these needs, and I use that term loosely. We have these needs. There's not anybody in here that needs anything. Amen. We're like, now hang on, that new iPhone coming out. <laughs> I mean, but my, but for real, but for real, no. I mean, I agree with you, but for real, my iPhone's acting up. <laughs> so, I mean, you're right, but but for real, my iPhone's giving me all kinds of problems. <laughs> So we have these needs, and then we run to God, asking God to meet our needs, when really we're asking God to temporarily, to temporarily satisfy our discontentment. And the moment God gives you that, that won't be enough. And then the moment God gives you that, that won't be enough. And so it's not us operating in faith, it's us being a brat. I'm not calling you Brad. I love you. Just look straight ahead. God will never give you stuff to heal you. God will never send you people to meet your need. God will never send you stuff to meet your need. Now, we get to the end of this parable and he says, There was a man whose ground brought forth plentifully, plentifully. That's good. That's not, that's not, that's not the lesson in the story. It brought forth plentifully because he sowed and he worked so hard. And then he said within himself, what am I going to do? Because now I don't have any room. I'm walking in such blessing that now I don't have anywhere to even put it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my barns. And I'm going to build bigger barns. And then I'm going to fill those barns. And this is, this is where the man misses it. Watch. Turn, grab, grab, grab your Bible again. This is where the man misses it. Verse 18. This will I do. I will pull down my barns. I'll build greater barns. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have much goods laid up for many years. Now take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. That's the key. The man could not find peace. Until he reached a certain level of accumulation. I'm going to pull down my barns and build bigger barns. There's nothing wrong with that. That sounds like good stewardship to me. The ground brought forth plentifully. There's nothing wrong with that. It's because the man sowed so much and worked so hard. Where he missed it was, it's now that I've got those new barns built, now I've got them filled. Now, now, now I can find some peace. Now I can take my ease and be merry. Now that I have reached a level of accumulation, 
Now my peace and my joy is found in the stuff that I've piled up. So now, and he said, don't you know your soul's going to be required of you tonight? The key to contentment is not believing God for more stuff. The key to contentment is finding peace with God with where you are right now. Love the house you got now. And then, let me, let me say this. Wait, I, I preached two weeks ago. I preached on be stable. Remember that? I'm doing all this work and nobody then next, last week I preached be humble. This week I'm going to preach be content. Now, contentment means I'm at peace with where I'm at while passionately pursuing where I'm going. Okay? Contentment does not mean this is all I'm believing God for. Because I'm going to constantly prod you and push you. Because I believe God wants everybody in here to walk in blessing. I believe God wants everybody in here to walk in abundance. I believe God wants everybody in here to walk in more than enough. But before you get to more than enough, you got to find peace with what you've got. You got to find peace with what you got. You got to be able, listen, you got to be able to go home on Sunday afternoon and sit on the couch. And if the TV's got three channels and if the kids got some pants that are too short for them and they something needs fixed on the outside of the house, you still got to be able to look around at all that and say, I have found peace with where I'm at. I'll... Me and my wife, we, we, left, we left a farm to move here and we live in an apartment. We live in an apartment with three kids. Three kids. Live in an apartment. See law. <laughs> and I find myself, and we're, we're, always, we're, always, we're always looking at pictures. We have a house that we're believing to sell, and I need you to believe with me for that. We have a house that we need to sell in Alabama, and then we're going to turn around and use that money on a down payment on our, on our house. We gave up a farm to come do this. God's going to give us the farm back. Okay? <clears throat> but... In the middle of that, we got to be able to sit in our apartment that's this big with the people upstairs sounding like they're in a UFC fighting match, okay? And all kinds of pandemonium going on in traffic everywhere. I'm not used to traffic. I'm not used to traffic. And I've got to be able to sit there and say, you know what? I love it. You know what? I found peace. You know what? If we stay here for the next five years, glory to God. If we stay here for the next five years, I'm going to find a place of joy. I'm going to find a place in my heart that says, God, I don't need anything else to be at peace because I've got you and I've got them. And I don't need to pull down barns and build bigger ones, although I'm believing God for a bunch of barns. I don't need to pull down barns and build bigger ones to find my peace. I don't need it to find my contentment. So while I am pursuing, while I am reaching, while I'm believing, while I'm praying, while we're saving money, while we're doing this financially, making this move financially, in the middle of all that, preparing for the future, now, I'm fine. I don't need any of that to find a place of satisfaction. Because when you need that, that's what he means when he said, beware of covetousness. Beware when you experience displeasure over other people's stuff and you believe the lie that says, I've got to have that to be happy. When you get that, you still won't be. Huh? Don't matter what you drive. I don't care if it's held together with Christian bumper stickers. <laughs> huh? Find a place of peace.
in that. Wash that car you got. It'll drive like a new one. Huh? Get the cold french fries out of the floor. Amen. Wash that three inches of dirt off the top of the refrigerator. And walk around and be at peace. You got to be able to look around at everything in your life. And say if I don't get anything else. I've got you. I've got my family. I've got everything because I, I, I've, got a, I've got a whole other message on this I'll preach later, but let me, let me leave you with this. Because if you can give it up, you can have it all. If you can give it up, you can have it all. You would be amazed at what, what God could give to you and through you when you don't need any of it. Hear what I'm saying? That's how you know, that's how you know when, you, when you see those grandparents that help raise kids and grandkids and then they get older in their life you know what they do they downsize why they don't need it they ain't got nobody to impress they ain't gonna be pulling up at a red light making sure everybody got the windows rolled down and the music blare making sure everybody looks that i'm driving a new car right 18 credit cards to your name but hey (laughs) you can look the part or you can be the part and a lot of times the people that are the part don't look it. And a lot of times people that look the part, poser. <laughs> a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. So when you women walk through the mall, you have one of those panic attacks because of that dress and you go home you wake your husband up at three I can't get that dress off my mind I have somebody in my family that's how they know God's telling them to buy something that's what they say that's how I know God's telling me to buy something can't get it off my mind I've never seen you get anything off your mind (laughs) when those men when you you see that that stuff for me it's books when I see a, a new book on Amazon Amazon will get you boy Users also bought this three books that are four hundred dollars. Well, who do they think they are? I can afford that. Put in the other four hundred books I hadn't read yet. But bless God, it's there if I ever get a if I ever get an itch. Am I right about it? Contentment's being at peace with where you are, while you're believing God for where you're going. So in the future, there's more blessing than you have now. There's more increase than you have now. But right now, we take our ease. Right now, we celebrate. God, if I don't need, if I don't get anything else. We're believing, we're believing for a church building. And I've had to come to a place in my heart that said, Now, Lord, you want us to stay in the school. Lord, if you want us to stay. If you want us to, if you really, 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 like for real, (laughs) like no plan, like, I mean, if that's what you're saying, I don't think it's what you're saying, but if that's what you're saying, you're going to have to help our team, God bless them, (laughs) but (laughs) then we'll be content. We're believing God to grow our church to tremendous, overwhelming impact, but when I look across this room, I've got to be at peace with today. i got to go home today and you say, you know what? We worshiped God. We honored him. 
We taught his word. Everything's all right. We got to take our ease now while believing God for greater. Amen. Stand up on your feet. If you love his word, give him a shout. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church slash give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.